Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 25, Setting Healthy Boundaries During the Holiday Season with Dr. Ayana Abrams. You know yourself better than anyone else. You know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. You know what you like and what you don't like. And that's the root of your confidence. But to use yourself as a resource, right, to remind yourself, right, that you get to make decisions for yourself. You get to use your voice and to kind of re-empower yourself, even if you're in settings that, again, may not honor you, may not see you fully in those ways, may not show you the respect that you deserve. You still want to give that to yourself. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. The holiday season is here, and for some, holiday grief may be trying to creep in. Before you allow that to happen, take a listen to this empowering episode with licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Ayana Abrams. Learn some conversational strategies this season to prepare for potentially difficult conversations with family. It is time to reinforce preventative measures to preserve the self-awareness you are starting to develop. Enjoy. Now, as we approach the holidays, many students have asked how to emotionally navigate through this unique holiday season with their family members. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Ayana Abrams. This Syracuse University graduate is the CEO and founder of Ascension Behavioral Health, and she's also the co-founder of Not So Strong, which is an initiative to improve the mental health and relationship functioning of Black women through the use of vulnerable storytelling. Pretty cool. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Abrams. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we had the time to connect. Thank you for being here. All right. So now with this holiday season, as I said, students are asking me tons of questions, and I'm sure many adults could probably benefit from this call. But before we get into it, what do you specialize in your practice as a psychologist? So at Ascension Behavioral Health, I work with individuals, couples, and groups. And kind of underlying a lot of the work that I do is helping people, you know, create really healthy relationships with themselves and with other people. Run through that line or that thread. I work with a lot of racism-based trauma. About 80 to 90% of my practice is working with Black people. So navigating those kind of racially-based traumas in the workspace, in their personal lives, as they kind of move and kind of navigate through the world. About half my practice, I work with and do couples and marital counseling. So really helping people figure out their ways back to each other and really kind of learning ways to be their best in relationships. And I also work with a lot of college, graduate school, and entrepreneur mental health in my practice. Wow, you're pretty busy. And that's interesting you said racialized trauma, particularly because of what we're dealing with now and now the holiday season is here. So wow, there's a combination, it sounds like, of things happening. So would you say that your clients are beginning to ask these questions as well about how to navigate this holiday season? Yes. You know, the holiday season has been on people's minds for months now, right, as we're navigating the pandemic and as we're getting closer and closer to making decisions about how we're spending time with our families, if we're going to see our families, what it's going to be like, right, in this really new space of making these decisions. That's been on a lot of my clients' mind about what next week will look like, as well as moving through the rest of December and into 2021. Hmm. Wow. So now are they having some pretty deep family conversations or they're just kind of thinking about their their job status? What would you say is happening right now with a lot of your clients? You know, particularly they're thinking about what they want this holiday to look like. So some things that are coming up is one, the, the grief, 
right, that comes in with the holidays not looking, one, the way in which they have looked in the past and maybe not looking the way in which you would want them to look. So oftentimes in spending times with our families, particularly if you've been away for a significant amount of time, you're making other relationships in different places, college students are really learning a lot more about themselves away from their family, it can be really difficult to bring these these kind of newer parts of yourself back into your family dynamic. If you experience any level of trauma within your family, discord, strain, you can really get anxious about kind of going back into that space because you don't know what's going to happen or it might feel pretty predictable, right? What's going to happen. So that is coming up for a lot of people in terms of how do I navigate this season with these people when I've been doing a lot of work on myself out here? Mm, That is so powerful to say because yeah, this platform is all about self-awareness and we're working with students that are transitioning into that college experience. And this transition is huge, like, you know, nothing we've ever seen before. And like you said, they're learning so much about themselves and then they're going back into familiar situations that may have been strained. So let's talk about some ideas, some recommendations for these college students, because this is a hot topic for them. You know, what can they, what can they do right now? Some, some ideas for those family members that are in these strained relationships and they just may be nervous or anxious about seeing some of these family members. What are what are some good recommendations right now? Yeah. You know, the first thing that I think would be really helpful is to not judge themselves for what they are feeling, right? If they're feeling anxious, if they're feeling distressed, if they feel that building, right, as we move through this week and kind of across the weekend, that's a really normal experience when you've been away from a setting for a certain amount of time and then you're going back into it. I mean, there's a lot of like unknowns in terms of how that might feel for you or what you want that to look like to really just allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, right? Oftentimes when we begin feeling anxiety or we begin feeling distress, we question it, we judge it, we try to make it go away. We tell ourselves that we're doing something wrong and that's why it's here. But this is a really normal experience to have. So giving yourself some compassion around what you are feeling and telling yourself that it's okay to feel this, that that makes a lot of sense that you would feel this way given what you've experienced. So that's the first thing, to be able to just kind of allow yourself to feel that way. That can set you up for a little bit more success when you are around your family. I was just thinking also about that is important, that sense of awareness. But I'm thinking also about conversations that, you know, can be that can be very dangerous to a lot of the self-awareness that they've already started working on. You know, how can they communicate with the family member to kind of circumvent some of those things? Yeah. Well, I think, too, that that the other piece is being able to have a bit of a game plan, right, for, for how you do want to spend that time, right? So if you're already aware that there might be family members there where there might be strained relationships, you really want to get a sense of kind of what, what might happen there. So this is a really important time, a really good time to maybe reach out to your family and say, hey, what's the week or kind of the weekend going to look like? Are there people coming over? Are there not? What's expected, right? So it gives you a sense that you're not walking into some complete unknown around that, but that can also allow you to gather some information, right, about what other people's plans are. That can help you strategize for how you want to spend your time, if you can anticipate in some way who might even be there. Sometimes we might work ourselves up, right, because we think that this person might be there. And particularly this year, you might not even encounter that person. Right. So you don't want to work yourself up for something that might not even happen for you. So talk to your family about, hey, who all's invited? Right. What is this year looking like? Right. Before I even step into that scenario, that means you can get some strategy going beforehand. 
Mm-hmm. If you realize or learn that there are going to be family members there who tend to either kind of interject conversations that you're not comfortable with, they're invasive, or they ask questions, or they make judgments. One, you can think about how this has made you feel in the past and how you've navigated it. If you're fine with how you've navigated it in the past in terms of how you've set boundaries around that, do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if last year when you were there, two years ago when you were there and a family member, the first thing they greeted you with was something about how your body looks. Right. You can treat it the same way in which you did two years ago. Right. If you say something like, hey, I'd really I'd rather just say hi. Like, hey, hey, hello to you, too. Right. And to not even go into defending yourself around yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean in terms of having a bit of a game plan. Hey, I can anticipate that this person might start talking to me about this. Right. Let me make a list or kind of give myself a bit of a script. Right. In terms of how to respond to this person when they do that uncomfortable thing or they do that, you know, disrespectful thing. Right. So it's a few strategies around that is to say, one, to be to actually be really clear about it. I don't want to talk about that. I don't, that's not something that I'm comfortable sharing with you. That's not something that I'm interested in talking about. I don't like when you talk to me about those things. You can absolutely say those things, right? That takes a lot of practice. So I recognize that even in you, in hearing me say that some anxiety might come up, right? Because the first thing is like, I can't say that to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going to take that well, right? Mm -hmm. So it's less about how the other person takes it versus again, you being able to practice being who you are and teaching people, right? What's okay and what's not okay for you. Yes. I love that you're saying that. I like to say, be a warrior for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Two, Mm -hmm. right, is if you're going into that space and there are family members who you're excited to see and you're looking forward to see, try to see if you can talk to them beforehand to make sure that you're scheduling time to spend with them. If you Mm -hmm. have a favorite cousin who you know might be there or you haven't seen your sibling in a few months and you really can't wait to see them, talk to them now about things that you can do right together while you are there so you have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Right. When you're walking into a holiday and all you're thinking about is all the ways in which it can go wrong, your anxiety goes all the way up. So you want to actually impart and kind of insert things that you know that you want to do. So that can be about people who you want to connect with, people who you want to, whether you're going to see them in person, depending on your family makeup and how you're kind of structuring anything around COVID, or whether you want to set up some phone calls or some FaceTimes or some Zoom chats. You want to do all of that now so that you know, hey, on Friday morning, I know that at 9 a.m. I have a Zoom call right, with all my friends and we can't see each other this year, but at least we all know that we're going to be around and that we're going to schedule this time at 9 a.m. on Thursday, right? Or, you know, 10 p.m., 9 a.m. on Friday or 10 p.m. Thursday night after everyone's done with dinner, I have this Zoom chat with my friends and it can be our own little virtual Friendsgiving. You want to make sure that you have those things set out so you also have some things to look forward to when you're going. Oh, I love that idea of Friendsgiving on Zoom. Yes. That's the, that's what a lot of this year, this season is going to look like. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because we are home regardless. And some of these family members, we wait, we may not see anyway, as you said. <laughs> you right. know, we're going to be home unless you live with them. That's right. great. Yeah. And you want to remind yourself that you don't have to have conversations that you don't want to have. Oftentimes, depending on your family dynamic, we are taught that we have to engage in really difficult things and we have to have this conversation because of who that person is in our family. If there's there's a matriarch in the family or if there's an elder in the family that we have to be uncomfortable so that that person feels comfortable, now's the time to be at least be able to talk to yourself and kind of give yourself that self-talk that says, I don't have to stay in this conversation for half an hour. Right. That's Mm -hmm. something that they want. But if that really, really does undermine my mental health and my emotional health in this moment, I get to leave that conversation. Right. I get to kind of say like, hey, I got 10 minutes to talk. Right. Hey, I got 15 minutes to talk, but then I have something else to do. You want to give yourself these different outs. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yes. The other piece is also what I, what's really helpful, particularly for college students, also to envision the physical space. Are there spaces in wherever you're going to be where you can have some alone time or where you can get away from the, the big family dynamic? It, it, could it be your room? Could it be another person's room? Could it be, you know, a, a basement area, right? You want to make sure that you're already thinking about those spaces that you can get to to be able to do your own thing and be able to kind of intersperse that, right, around when you are there so that when you begin feeling overwhelmed by your family, you know that you have a, a somewhere to go. Yeah, these, these are excellent. These are excellent points. These are, this is definite life experience <laughs> that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. Okay. Now, speaking of our students, those that may not be with their families this mm-hmm. holiday season. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And I What's going to happen there? Good. They're going to have to Zoom. And I'm sure emotionally that's taking a toll. So mm-hmm. what do you have to say for them? Yeah that a lot of people and a lot of students are grieving, right? The experience maybe that they actually want to have around the holidays and for, again, whatever unique reasons, whether that be related to COVID or not, not being able to spend time with their family this season, particularly when we've been in such isolation, can really hit hard during the holidays. You're seeing all this family stuff on TV. You might be hearing your friends talk about it. Now's the time to be able to schedule time with those family members who you want to see to have some virtual way of connecting with them. So that's FaceTime, that's Zoom, that's texting, that's phone calls, whatever it is, you want to schedule that now. Don't wait until next week while people are already in the thick of the holiday and kind of getting pulled all over the place and all of that to try to get to people. Set that up now so that, again, you have something to look forward to. Talk mm-hmm. to your friends now about that, right? Engage in the in the vulnerability and the authenticity that allows you to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not really feeling how this holiday season is going to look. I really am going to need to lean on you all. I really, I, w- I want to talk to you all next week. Can yeah. we figure out some way to, to chat and kind of to schedule that just so that we have something to look forward to? You want to do that now before people schedule themselves out. Mm-hmm. This is so good because I have a cousin that actually got all of us together as a family and he was actually featured on this podcast. And we were talking about you know, getting together every couple of weeks as a family on Zoom just to do checkups. So I think what you're saying is very valuable and that hopefully this could be consistent, don't you think? That maybe they can mm-hmm. keep this going, not just through yeah. the holidays. If it hasn't already been happening, now is also a great time to start that. Now is a great time to start a whole bunch of new traditions, whether you're going to be by yourself or with people who you're not normally with. Now's the time to be able to get really creative about things, do something you haven't done before, explore some ideas online about how you can take care of yourself this holiday season. It doesn't have to be what it has always looked like, but you have this as an opportunity to make it a little bit less isolated for you, a little bit less lonely for you. But that means that you have to step into the opportunity, right, to accept that this will be different. And that's not a bad thing, but it gives you some room, right, to get creative. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody, you know, all the organizations, student organizations, you know, women's groups, everybody's online, everybody's virtual. So I'm sure there's a, a group to find to mm-hmm. expose yourself to new friends, new Absolutely. friendships. Absolutely. Now could be a great time to just make some new connections. Mm-hmm. I love this. Thank you. Thank you for this. Okay. Wow. So that was, that pretty much summed it up. It's valuable stuff. All jam packed. Appreciate you. Now, I always like to leave with words of encouragement for our young people, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how to just really what we're saying here is accepting others, including family members and friends, while being your authentic self at the Mm -hmm. same time around others that may not be as accepting of you. You know, what are some encouraging words to, to get that action really moving forward? 
You know, first is that it starts with you, right? That you know yourself better than anyone else. You know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. You know what you like and what you don't like. And that's the root of your confidence. But to use yourself as a resource, right? To remind yourself, right? That you get to make decisions for yourself. You get to use your voice and to kind of re-empower yourself, even if you're in settings that, again, may not honor you, may not see you fully in those ways, may not show you the respect that you deserve. You still want to give that to yourself. That's you. You are your first practice with that. Once you're able to kind of get more practice in that, that's when you can offer it to other people. But that means that you got to be taking care of yourself, right? And self-care not only is kind of an intervention when you're not feeling well, but as something that is preventative and something that is actually maintained for you, right? So self-care in terms of however you keep up your hygiene, self-care in terms of uh, the community and the people you keep around you. Are they encouraging? Are they thoughtful? Are they kind to you? Do they offer you grace and compassion? Really looking at what you're eating, right? And your sleep habits, like those are all ways in which you know that you can take the best care of yourself. When you're doing that, it actually leaves a lot less room for other people to mistreat you, right? Because you know how to do it. You know how it's done. And that actually allows you to gravitate towards people in spaces that feel really safe and really affirming for you. And if you can't find those spaces within your immediate family, this is your opportunity to go outside of your family and find other people who can affirm you. That you don't have to depend on your immediate family or kind of those people who you might see to do all of that affirming, but you can take it in as your responsibility to find the spaces that you do need to be in. So now's the time to choose your family, your extended family. Absolutely. I love it. Now, when we talk about, you know, really being self-aware, I mean, it takes practice to do what you're saying. You know what I mean? It It takes a lot of work and effort to do this. And particularly being young, you know, you are trying to please family members unconsciously. It just happens. You know what I mean? You're you're always in a people-pleasing state of mind to a certain degree as you grow as a young person. So for that person that knows that they need to just really focus on themselves, but they find it difficult to really not consider the other person's feelings and to put their feelings first. Mm-hmm. What did you do for yourself to really get yourself into a state of mind where my feelings are number one, regardless, no matter what, I'm number one. How did you get to that place? And like you said, it, it, it takes a while, right? Oftentimes this is not work that people begin engaging in until their 20s, 30s, sometimes 40s, 50s, 60s. And many people don't engage in this. They live a life of people pleasing. Yeah. So one of the things I'll say about people pleasing is that it's actually, it doesn't help you and or the other person. Our belief in, like you said, you know, what we're taught is that it actually does help relationships, but you're actually showing up inauthentically if your focus is on the other person. That actually doesn't allow you to flourish in the relationship. And it doesn't actually allow the person to actually get to know who you are so that they can also make the choices around that. So really thinking about how people pleasing and really kind of reframing people pleasing is actually not a way to get close or kind of deeply or authentically close to people, even though it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Some of that work, right? One is also really difficult to do by yourself. So shameless plug, I will always recommend therapy, right? As a resource for you to get to know yourself and to help you kind of work yourself out of those behaviors and out of those habits, because it, it can be really difficult to recognize that just with your own, with the own voices that you have in yourself and your own self-talk, you want to get some examples, right? Around how you can do that. You want to have some accountability around how to do that. And therapy can be a really great space for that. There are a number of self-help books and podcasts. I always recommend and, you know, Therapy for Black Girls podcast has a whole host of topics mm-hmm. for you to kind of learn and understand more about yourself. 
Journaling is also a really great way to to become more attuned and connected with your voice. It's your own words that you're writing down. It's your own narrative. And to be able to wash that back over you is really key in pulling yourself away from who you think you need to be for other people. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'd recommend kind of those. And like I said, there's a ton of podcasts and books around compassion, around self-talk, around authenticity, around how to not be a people pleaser. I'd recommend taking in a lot of those materials and articles around that and beginning to practice some of those skills. Now, how do they reach you? If they want to come to you for psychological therapy, how can they reach you? Yeah, um, so I am based in Atlanta. Again, the, the name of my practice is Ascension Behavioral Health. I do most of my I, uh, let me just say, I run my mouth the most on Instagram. Uh, so the best way to find me is at Dr. Underscore Ayana underscore A. That's at Dr. Underscore A-Y-A-N-N-A underscore A. That's the best way to, to kind of find things, different events that I'm doing, different speaking engagements. Oftentimes they are community-based and they're free for the community. So that is the best way to actually learn more about what I do, learn more about me. And I'm connected with a lot of really, really dope mental health initiatives that can be really key for people just beginning to do some of their own work. But there are a number of therapists that are also on Instagram um, to kind of follow and kind of bring in some little, some different kind of nuggets around your own work. But I always recommend, you know, finding me on Instagram. My website is www.ascensionbehavioralhealth.com as well to find me. But like I said, most, the majority of what I'm doing and the things that are most up to date is on Dr. Underscore Ayana Underscore A. Okay. And you're out of Atlanta, Georgia? Mm-hmm. I'm based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. All right. Well, Dr. Abrams, this has been very valuable. I really appreciate this, especially going into the holidays. So thank you so much for this. You're welcome. I'm glad that, that, that you're offering this to students. Yes. And we will be in touch for some more resources. You have a great Thanksgiving and I'll be talking to you soon. You too. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us. I hope you are starting to think of some new traditions for yourself, your friends, and your family members. Have a great Thanksgiving. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to book me at your next student virtual event, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well.